what is happening? It is the League of Queens first ever podcast, and we are coming to you sponsored by absolutely nobody. No one. This is a uh, podcast that we are very excited to begin. Um, my name is Matt Cross. I am here with Daniel Legander. How you doing, folks? And we are kicking off the League of Queens podcast, which is basically just a podcast where we're going to rant, rave, and give insight and advice to anybody who wants to hear it regarding fantasy football. Uh, we are in a fantasy football league together, like many people are, and we're excited to be here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We're going to break it down a little bit. Um, here, give you a little bit of context into our league, and then hop into those Thursday night football games and do a little bit of matchups and kind of compare a little bit of stuff that is going on in our league and a little bit of our league drama. So, Matt, I want to pass it over to you, Mr. Double Champion of our current fantasy football league. Yes, provide you with the simplest and most accurate context available. Uh, we started this league as a group. Danny mentioned I am the current double champ. Take that very uh, seriously. It's a great honor. I'm very uh, pleased with the outcome of the last couple of seasons where I have won the league. Previously, uh, I would say our league really got serious, Danny, about three years ago. Um, that's yeah. when we established a trophy, a league name. Um, all 10 members of the league were in a full PPR league. Um, 10 team, um, big rosters, 17 uh, player rosters. We've got pretty much everybody started, it seems. Three, uh, two flex, three receivers, two running backs, a tight end, defense kicker, and quarterback. And uh, pretty simple, basic, basic concept. Win or get shit-talked the entire season. Uh, tempers flare throughout a, a lifelong a friend group that we basically are, and we've all known each other way too long. Way too long. Way too long. Um, some friends become enemies. Some enemies become friends. So on and so forth with all that. It becomes an absolute bloodbath by the time you're hitting those playoffs and you're going into like week 14, week 15. People get angry. It's a melting pot angry. of emotions. A melting pot melting of emotions. Pot. And uh, winner takes home the trophy. Along with uh, the winnings, fifty dollar buy-in. We should up it. We are. That's a, that's will. something that we have to discuss. But uh, loser, more importantly, has to wear an inflatable dick suit, which uh, they then have to attend bars wearing. So it's it's pretty fun. It's 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 pretty similar to a lot of leagues. You know, a harsh punishment. You know, you got the winnings and the trophy. Um, our league is a little unique just because. It's a bunch of people who have known each other for a very long time, and people are very um, comfortable with each other, and it gets a little tense and, and, and heated at times. But, um, yeah, I mean, I can't complain. I'm the double champ. What can yeah. I say? <laughs> yeah, can I say? and uh, with a little bit of less luck than Mr. Double Champ over here, um, I have been honored and blessed with last place not once, but twice. Twice. In this league. In this league. Um, not this year, thank thank God. But the last couple years here, I, I will preach this until I'm dead. Off technicalities, I ended up with the dick suit twice. It's tough to do. 
And, uh, yeah, I, it had to be a lot. Honestly, I think it was a lot of bad misfortune because I was definitely not the worst team of the year, especially not in the first time that I got it. I ended up just getting very super, super unfortunate with the last remaining series of the season that got me in what we call the Poop Bowl, which is the last four teams in our league. Um, and I was actually 6-7. and seven. Someone else... Also was six and seven in that. In that, and I don't even know if he was six and seven. He might have been even worse than that. Six and seven, five and eight. Either way, I wasn't the worst team. Mister Double Champ over here had the worst team, <laughs> kicking off his draft and drafting the one and the only Rob Gronkowski, the tight end. Yeah, that was a bad draft. But I mean, that's all prehistoric data at this point. I mean, we're taking you back to the, to the. Uh, you know, Jurassic days, the, uh, you know, the, the time period that really isn't relevant anymore because at this <laughs> point, uh, it's it's a whole new ballgame. And we're talking about 2017, I believe, at that point. So 2018, 2019 go by, the league just kind of in, intensifies. And, and now we're here, and we're just going to go, we're just going to cut right to the chase. I think that there's going to be plenty of personality eventually displayed throughout this podcast. We're going to have different members of the league in, and you're going to get to know them individually. And trust me, they all have pretty wild personalities very very um so we'll hopefully be the steady current of of somewhat you know relative calmness for you while some of these other barbarians come on the show yeah and and more of like a a rash thinking as well because especially 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 the rash thinking on that end um as soon as some of these guys come in You'll you'll see the the personality, like the, just the lack of humbleness in every individual as well. Everyone thinks that they're the best. Everyone thinks that they have the best team, and everyone else sucks. But what it really comes down to is that big trophy at the end, and uh, obviously the cash prize, which again should be upped. We should at least get it up to $100, and even then, like, I'm hoping that we can get it up a little more than that. Uh, being a degenerate gambler, that is something else that is probably going to be mentioned from time to time in this podcast, is specific bets. Betting on either the home team, Bears. Bears. <laughs> Bears. Watching the White House game right now. We're Chicago, uh, Chicago faithful here. Um Except for the Cubs, although there's plenty of people in our league who who do like the Cubs. Anyway, yeah. let's get down to let's get down to brass tacks, as Danny likes to say. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. We're starting a little late. It's Friday, I believe. Today is uh, September 11th. Hang your hats on that one, ladies and gentlemen. Hold it. But um, but yes, we're gonna get right into it. The day after opening day of the NFL season, the Kansas City Chiefs get the best of Deshaun Watson's. Houston Texans. It wasn't really too much of a game. Uh, started out relatively decent and then slowly kind of got out of hand. Houston scores late. Ultimately, though, from a fantasy perspective, it was a pretty productive night for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Except, uh, except the big man Braden Cooks. And when I say big man, I see mean the sideline man. Um, for some reason, he gets a couple catches and then they just take him out. They just absolutely take him out. And um, unfortunately, my roommate Mike, one of the other characters of the League of Queens, um, he is the one that owns Brandon Cooks, and that was not the hi- definitely not the highlight of his um, opening week this week. week. Opening week this week. I would, you know, I would say, uh, I would say so. I mean, 
And we're, I guess we can just kind of just, you know, we're just going to talk freely here. I think we're just going to kind of just go down whatever yeah. avenue seems like it's most fitting based on the conversation. And, and if that's what we're going to do, I, I thought that we had our draft on Saturday. And I'm not 100% sure on this. Danny, I don't know if you want to check on yeah. this while yeah, I'm speaking yeah. on it. But I took Will Fuller 79 overall, I believe. And the only reason I say that is because, yes, I researched it. I'm not just a natural math whiz. But I believe I took him 79. Where was Brandon Cooks taken in our draft? Old Brandon Cooks. Let's go ahead and see. Um, this is on the team, the Salty Seaman Shooters. Um, <laughs> Mr. Michael Connell here. Uh, is is a red rancid human being, if I may ask. Um, He's but a rambunctious type. Brandon Cooks here was taken. If I can get the the thing up, I believe he was taken somewhere in the late sixth. Uh, like, you know, I want to like say, in, I want to say, say it might even be the fifth round. I want to say that Brandon Cooks was him. taken relatively, um, relatively early from where I would assume he would go. He was taken seventy third, so he was taken relatively quickly. Yeah. Uh, not not relatively quickly. He was taken pretty pretty eighth round. pretty near Will, where Will Fuller was taken. But mm-hmm. it was it was kind of a talking point. We were really kind of going back and forth, um, or at least Danny and I were. And then I, yeah. I think I had a little bit of an exchange with Mike at the draft where we didn't know who was going to get the majority of the uh, of the targets in the Houston Texans offense and. I obviously believe that it was Will Fuller, and Mike thought it would be Brandon Cooks, and actually I believe Danny thought it would be Brandon Cooks as well. I also thought it'd be Brandon Cooks. So I now, it would come out firing. with that, with that being said, obviously we're one week into the, into the season. It's only one game to go off of. You're you're looking at two receivers who I think are pretty injury prone. Um, Will Fuller obviously yeah. is is pretty notorious for having injury concerns, and over the last couple of years, Brandon Cooks has been the concussion guy, um, but. When I looked at the two, you know, especially during mock drafts leading up to the draft, I honestly considered Will Fuller as someone that I would love to take a flyer on, especially later in the, in, in the draft. I mean, um, he's been there for a few years now. He's highly touted, and he's obviously got capability because he's, he's proven it in the past. He's been there for now three years, so he's built up a rapport with Deshaun Watson, and if he can stay healthy, which I know is the biggest question mark ever, but if he can, I, I truthfully believe that Will Fuller is going to get a ton of targets this year, and it was pretty great to see that point justified in week one, um, where I think he got 10 targets, and I think he caught eight of them. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's what he came into, and I was definitely wrong. I um, I, I thought Brandon Cooks was going to come in there as a slot guy, and I thought he was just going to tear up in the, in, in the inside of the Chiefs. Um, now that especially with Tyree Matu being out on safety right now, he's uh, I mean, he is a guy that used to be on the Houston Texans, they lost him to the Kansas City Chiefs. Who are you, who are you, Tyron Matthew? Matthew, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, and they lost him to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and he ended up, I thought he was going to be big on Will Fuller. I thought he was going to be watching him, especially because Will Fuller is a big deep ball guy. And Brandon Cooks would get a lot of the majority inside on the slot. So I was absolutely wrong about that. It looks like there's going to be a pretty even distribution, but Will Fuller definitely took the bulk of it. You know what? And I think that that's a good point to bring up, that Will Fuller traditionally over the course of history has been, for the Houston Texans, a deep guy. Um, he's the type of guy that, you know, he might run, you know, I don't know, I mean, if he's healthy in a, in a game, he'll probably run, you know, anywhere between 30 to 45 routes a game. 
Um, and historically, <laughs> probably half of those have been deep routes, and he's always just kind of been an option, you know, through the progression of Deshaun Watson, where he's looked to go to Will Fuller deep if he's going to get, you know, that look. But Will Fuller was a first-round pick out of Notre Dame, I believe. And uh, he's got all the ability in the world. If he can stay healthy, I've heard, you know, some bull- bullshit, you know, like, oh, he's, he's trained differently in the offseason to try and improve his durability, whatever. He's completely capable of, of running more target-heavy routes. And I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. I think the Houston Texans ultimately as a team, especially after week one, are going to take a step back in the standings. they got a couple tough matchups coming up now after the Chiefs. I think they've got the Ravens and I think think the Chargers I, no, no no I believe Kansas City has the Chargers and then the Ravens yeah but I think Houston oh look at this play by Yomer not gonna get him we're watching the White Sox game here too yeah, but anyway the White Sox game is also on big here. big pennant race here for the Sox within uh, a game and a half of every you know second third place teams and the man Giolito's on Giolito's on the mountain but yeah. I digress Will Fuller's gonna have a big year I believe as long as he stays healthy he's going to be a consistent producer I think for for fantasy teams, and and uh, we'll, we'll see what, where it goes from there. Yeah, but Matt, one thing I want to talk about a little bit more, because I know you love talking about Will Fuller because he's on your team. Um, I actually want to talk something that's on neither of our teams, uh, David Johnson and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I thought both of them had great games. Honestly, I thought they both did it great. David Johnson kind of emerged from having a very eh fantasy season last year. He put up... 23rd, he had like a couple games with 20 plus points. He was a contributor at the beginning of the season. Towards the end, he got injured, and then eventually Kenyon Drake took his place there. Um, but now it seems like he emerged against a, an improved Kansas City defense. Matt, like, I thought, I thought David Johnson was pretty good. What are you thinking? I mean, David Johnson. I mean, I, I think he's definitely going to be worth the value considering the spot he was at. Right? I mean. Where, where did he get drafted? I mean, the fourth fourth round. It had to. It Fifth was round? deep. Like Fifth it, round? it was. It was lo- the low. Definitely the lowest that David Johnson's been. Well, that's what I'm saying. So like, so yeah. he gets drafted in the in whatever round he gets drafted, but it's it's deep. Like he's definitely not taken early. Yeah. And so based on that, he's obviously going to be worth any value that David Johnson you would expect to get out of David Johnson. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so with that being said, yeah, he had a great week one. I guess a decent oh, Kansas. It wasn't. It wasn't that much. It was. It was fourth round. He got fourth, fourth thirty thirty fifth. Most of the time, David Johnson. I mean, I think last year he was picked up in the first round, right? Like, actually, yes, he was. I picked him up last year, number seven, and he was a contributor. And that's what he I'm saying. A, so to get him was. at thirty five, like, uh-huh. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good value for David Johnson. I think anyone would have taken him around thirty five. Mm-hmm. So especially, I'm assuming. On a new team. You said Tyler took him. I'm not sure what his, Tyler, his yeah, draft Tyler situation was, but yeah, he had a good he had a good game against a pretty decent defense. I'd be pretty happy with his with his first week. But again, yeah. you have to take the first week with a bit of a grain of salt. With that being said, I'm taking everything I can out of that Will Fuller performance. So if you're a David Johnson owner, I think you're very happy. Well, what did he What did he finish with? About 20 points. Yeah, about 20, 19.9. He had 19.9, 19.9 points there. Um, and actually, the overshiner in that game was. Kansas City is adding another parameter of their entire offense, and that's their run game. They actually have a run game now with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He did, I thought, like, he put down not only some nasty runs, some nasty juice, he was 
deacon a little bit of people. It was, man, it was a lot of fun to watch from the rookie there coming out of LSU. He was impressive, I would say. Oh, uh, man, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's electric. I mean, first, first dude out of the draft in real life, the first draft. Like, the actual, I mean, the first running back in the draft – and and yeah, I mean the dude's a beast. I mean, what, what do you what, what do you want to see? Yeah. LSU national champ. He's got all the tools. He's quick. He's shifty. I mean, he's gonna be a good fantasy player. That's yeah, for sure. he's but, taking seven or eight overall. I mean, he was going against the Houston defense though, and I know he's gonna like he's gonna be a beast. He's just one of those guys that you kind of like. People have been comparing him to Saquon a little bit because he was a first round. Fantasy draft pick, just like Saquon, but honestly, Saquon is just a, a, another beast. Well, I think that I think I mean Ceh is only taken in the first round because he's on the Chiefs. Yeah. Ceh oh, gets drafted to the Bears for what you know, for instance. Um, he, he's definitely like a second, third round running back. You probably, know, maybe maybe yeah. even maybe even deeper. Like Pro- who knows? You know, based on the offense that he's going into. But any running back on the game. Chiefs, I mean, just think about the Chiefs' offense last year. It's unstoppable. I mean, it does literally whatever it wants to do. On a on a game by game basis, and then you throw in a running back with his type of ability. I mean, yeah, of course it's gonna be a, it's gonna be positive. I mean, so yeah, it doesn't matter who gets drafted. There. Jonathan Taylor goes to the Chiefs. He's a top ten pick. DeAndre Swift gets drafted at, to the Chiefs. He's a top ten pick. So I think Ceh just fits that mold. Yeah. Um, not to mention he's super talented. So yeah. Yeah, and then and then you can't forget the guys like. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, those guys are all going in high rounds as well. Um, the Kansas City, you just want to have a piece of that. You want to have a piece of Kansas City. Grab your hands on anyone right now because even Demarcus Robinson didn't get much. Like it's not even like worth noting, but like if he had that touchdown and didn't drop it like a moron, he'd be looking at a good 17, 18 points there, a liable flex spot. And like if he keeps doing that. Again, again, it was against the Houston. We'll see what they do more towards like when they have week three in Baltimore and uh, see see what happens with the Chiefs' defense. But with Pat Mahomes behind the wheel, he is literally always taking. He's taking it to the house. Here's um, the thing. Here's the thing about about the Chiefs. I think that it's hard to really put a uh, a value on a lot of the players on the Chiefs unless it's Pat Mahomes. Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill and CEH. Those four are, are pretty solid. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Sammy Watkins, uh, what is it? Hardman yeah. and and Robinson and you know, even like Williams, the backup running back. All those guys you probably wouldn't hate to have them on there because yeah. if CEH goes down, Williams becomes super relevant. See, there was one- anybody on their offense is relevant. But those three those four guys now with CEH, Kelsey, Hill, Mahomes. They're all solid. Everybody else is a little bit up in the air. Watkins, I think, is probably the best. That's the guy I was going to say. After that four. But he proved last year he had that, what, 30 or 40-point week in week one? It was a 50-point game. 50-point game. Vic um, put me down with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he had like a 50-point game in and the then, first week, put me down. And then didn't show up for how many consecutive weeks after that? He yeah. was inconsistent. And now he goes in one of the latest rounds, probably, in this year's draft. I mean, when did Vic get Sammy Watkins? Um, I have to imagine it was pretty I mean, deep. I mean, it has to be pretty deep. Like, uh, Let's check out his team right now. Um, Sammy Watkins was sitting on his bench, by the way, with 21.5 points. Um, our buddy Vic right now is drafting him in 160th. 
So yeah. we got him in like, like 16th round. It was literally, <laughs> yeah, like it just, last like, that's round. bench spot. One right of the last there. rounds. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So that's that's the type of performance Sammy Watkins put out last year, and he had a better week one last year. Yeah, he had so a So that's the type week. of volatility there is with the Chiefs offense after those big four that I named. Yeah, and we'll see what happens more more into the season. They got some pretty tough matchups. Um, the Chiefs are going to definitely be one of the juggernauts. I mean, it's week one. Injuries can happen. Chiefs could be off the board, but I doubt it. I doubt that. Um, with Pat Mahomes behind the wheel, <laughs> he'll make anyone look like a superstar. Um, but what we need to get into a little bit more, too, are like some of the matchups, some of those individual matchups that we're having around our league too, kind of to get into a little bit more of what's happening in the NFL and what's coming and moving forward here um, on Sunday. So I wanted to talk about me. Me, 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 me. <laughs> Danny's favorite me. topic My is favorite Danny. topic. My fantasy team. Me. <laughs> and I have a great... By the way, I'm eating, I'm, eating, I'm eating pizza, by the way. I'm not just like a barbarian. No, oh, this is going to be an he exciting is. play at the plate. Get him, Robert. Get him, Robert. Nope. Nope. One and there's tigers. one nothing Tigers. Damn. Damn it. Dude, I'm about to lose some money on this game. No, it's actually going to come back. You think it's 6th, 7th, 8th? Hell yeah. Yeah. But back they're to the, the number one offense post 7th inning. Yeah, yeah. But back to This the, pizza's delicious. I apologize for <laughs> eating while doing this podcast, but we took a pretty enormous break and uh yeah i mean what can i say but let's get back to danny i mean me 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 danny no me 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 and and i have a pretty good matchup that i actually want to talk a little bit about um we have a pretty a pretty ridiculous one on my side i have mel i have melvin gordon playing the Tennessee Titans, and I'm playing Mr. Vic Steezy again, um, who is notorious for terrible trades, and we'll get into that a little later too, because last year, oh my goodness, but he is Kenyon Drake, and I want to talk a little bit about that matchup, and Matt, actually, I want your insight on this one. What do you think Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake playing San Francisco, Melvin Gordon playing Tennessee, two pretty tough defenses. Again, DeForest Buckner is off the San Francisco 49ers as well. Man, I think that it's a pretty comparable situation here. Honestly, I think that's actually a really, really 50-50 call. Um, I mean, Melvin Gordon is going up against a pretty strong defense. I mean, I know he's going to also be split in time, I think, with Philip Lindsay. I mean, so he's not even going to get the full share of, of the carries. But I think that the, you could almost say the same about Kenyon Drake. I know he finished the season off super strong, but Chase Edmonds is definitely a, uh, a reasonable uh, second option in the backfield. So, I mean, damn, it's kind of a toss-up. Yeah, I'd I'm, probably take Kenyon Drake in that matchup just because he was taken higher in the draft. I think they expect more out of him. He's probably in a, in a better offense. You know, so they're gonna score more frequently. I mean, they're playing the 49ers, but you got to imagine that that Arizona is gonna take a step up this year. I mean, they got Hopkins. Um, they've got a rookie uh, quarterback who's now going into his second year, and and he had a pretty good rookie year. I mean, I, everything leans towards the Cardinals' offense being good this year, and Kenyon Drake is technically heading that backfield. So, I mean, 
I'd probably go with Kenny Drake in that matchup. Yeah, see, like, and I'm going to disagree with you because I have Melvin Gordon. Right. And uh, here's why I think Melvin Gordon's going to be a little better than Kenny Drake. Uh, even though San Francisco did lose to Forrest Buckner here, um, and he was a big part of the defense, especially getting pressure in on someone like Kyler Murray, too, um, where you need to get in there fast because he's a quick guy. Um, I think Melvin Gordon, though, would is the better option here. One, because they're playing Tennessee's, Tennessee's defense, which even though, again, DeForest Buckner gone off San Francisco, I still think they're a better defense. I think they're probably top five, if not top ten still, even though despite who they lost. And Tennessee, actually, I really like their secondary with Kevin Baird. I think he's a danger, especially for wide receivers, but we're not talking wide receivers here. We're talking um, – we're talking – Who are we talking, Danny? <laughs> we're talking running backs, Matt. And, That's right. And with Melvin Gordon, even though he's split in time with Phillips Lindsay, yes, he may not get all those carries, but he was split in time with Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, he was split in time with pretty split down the middle. And he looking was do- at – He was doing time. He was doing time, yeah. <laughs> when I mean, Austin Eckler was there, no, I'm just kidding. When he was with, well, when he was with Austin Eckler, I mean, yeah, it didn't start off like you're looking weeks five, six, and seven last year. He he had seven to ten points. Melvin Gordon was a top ten pick like two or three years in a row. Yeah, right. I mean, borderline. So like, yeah, he was, he all, was he definitely was a very well sought until running back. He, Ended up until he ended up kind of holding out a little bit, getting yeah. nothing, going with the Chargers, and it kind of it kind of ruined his reputation a little bit. But when you get towards the bottom of the like nine, ten, you're looking 25, 21, another twenty, and then sixteen and seventeen in the playoffs when it matters, twenty two and twenty four, and he was with Austin Eckler, who was obviously who the Chargers wanted to go with at that time. And I think that it, not much is going to change, especially with Philip Lindsay. I think Philip Lindsay is less of a talent than Austin Eckler is. Austin Eckler went fifteenth. He ended up going fifteenth in there. And then where did Philip Lindsay go? I think probably somewhere in the late ninth or tenth. You're going to try and tell right me now. that Philip Lindsay is not going to have a role in a Denver running game? No, no, he's definitely going to have a role, hundred percent. Um, but I think that it's not going to be as a, like as much of an effect as Austin Eckler. I think it. I think it's definitely going to be weighted towards Melvin Gordon, where I don't think it was really weighted towards Melvin Gordon later in like last year, and he still got shit done. He still got shit done. So I'm taking Melvin Gordon just sheer, just sheerly because he. I think he's a better talent than Kenyon Drake, and I like Kenyon Drake. I really do. I've had him a couple times in my league. I I had him when he was on Miami, which is dumb. But like he had some good years in Miami. Um, there's nothing against Kenyon Drake. I just I think in this particular matchup, San Francisco is going to be a little too much, and they might take the air, especially use their new toy DeAndre Hopkins there. So that's one that's one matchup that I really like. I think it's a pretty even matchup, despite where they were taken in the draft, because I ended up taking Melvin Gordon in the draft at 44. Um, so two rounds later than Kenyon Drake actually ended up going. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but I, I like that matchup. I like Melvin Gordon um, and not taking anything away from Kenyon Drake. And I'm sure there's absolutely no bias there at all. Nope, now, no. <laughs> as, as, we, as we move into the next matchup here, um, let's, let's squeak on over to my game. Um, I had a uh, pretty decent start to the, uh, to the 
to the week. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 17 points. Will Fuller, 20.2. Kevin, my opponent, a.k.a. Kyle's team is trash. <laughs> Which is uh, pretty accurate, actually. And Kevin Kevin was the shit talker this year in the draft. <clears throat> oh, man. He was giving everyone grades. Everyone grades because because he's the almighty king of draft, even though he won it the first year. Yes, he took the crown home, but since then, dud. Uh. <laughs> dud, and when I say dud, I mean he didn't beat me on my way to the championship, baby. All right, anyway, uh, this is a good matchup, though. And um, I think it might be clearer than I would like to admit. I know which one you're going to say. Just say it. And I'm going to say... Bring him. Saquon Barkley against Pittsburgh. Or Ezekiel Elliott against the Rams. What do you think, Danny? Man, um, Saquon Saquon Barkley is just an animal. He's just an animal against anyone he faces. But Pittsburgh defense is really, really difficult this year. Um, and last year, I mean, what, they were they top five, right? Top five defense, Pittsburgh? I think they, yeah, I think they might have been. Yeah, they they came in as a nasty defense. Actually, Mr. Cooper's pooper. Oh, you have Philadelphia's, not Pittsburgh's. Um, but I was a big fan of the Pittsburgh defense last year. And they are a difficult opponent. Um, I would say... Saquon Barkley is probably a more difficult opponent. Guy, um, I mean, he's just coming off an injury, and it could be a a little a little difficult to start. Maybe a little rough of a start, but Saquon Barkley, absolute freak of nature. Um, and then on the other hand, you have another freak of nature, Ezekiel Elliott against the Rams. And honestly, like they're both freaks of nature. And at this point, I think I'm gonna have to like I, I may have to play the the matchup here because the Rams have just been sliding down the tube ever since the Super Bowl. Um, everything everything that they've done um, just seems like they're going back into rebuilding mode almost. And even though they have Jared Goff for what like another like three four years or so, but. They're getting rid of all of their their primetime utensils, especially on defense, um, even though they did just sign Jalen Ramsey back now here. Um, I would have to take it because the front seven of the Rams, I wouldn't say great, <laughs> but they have Aaron Donald who could blow up a whole lot I hear you. Time. So you're taking So I'm, I'm thinking I'm taking Zeke. I've got breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. For whatever reason, I'm sitting here looking at my roster, which includes Cortland Sutton. And not only is he no longer have points, <laughs> but all of his he's no longer got projected points, but he all of his news is gone. There's no news on him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a little bewildering, so I'm assuming he's probably out. But I, I read news today that he was going to p- potentially practice tomorrow. Are we playing with old Judge Judy, who happens to be on my team? But, you know, it's, it's curious, I guess, for the sake of my projected <laughs> outcome here, I have to, to throw in an alternative. Possibly. Who are we picking? I mean, let's let's go over matchups now. Let's uh, let's play a little bit of stardom or bench him now. Obviously, you're benching 
Corlin Sutton. At least in the it, yeah, I mean, at least until he's healthy, I, I'm yeah. not really sure what to expect. Otherwise, fortunately for me, Will Fuller had such a good day, and he uh, wasn't necessarily anticipated to do so. So it gives me a little leeway now. I can be a little bit riskier. Um, although obviously that's a blow. I mean, Corlin Sutton's my wide receiver one. Um, but I've got T.Y. Hilton, I've got Julian Edelman. Those guys can do pretty solid. And then now I'm just going to roll with C.D. Lamb, I think. C.D. Lamb, huh? Next man up mentality. This guy, so here, yeah. here's her, who we got here for receiver for Mr. Matt over here. We got C.D. Lamb. We got Golden Tate. Um, I mean, if you wanted to move... Oh, no, you can't move Golden anyone Tate's out of the flex. Yeah. Golden Tate's so you pretty much got C.D. Lamb and Golden Tate. Yeah, or right J.K. Now. Dobbins, I could say. Well, I couldn't because, no, you couldn't. He's because a wide I played Fuller in the flex, yeah. Yeah, so you got C.D. Lamb against the Rams again. I mean, it's not a terrible matchup. It's definitely like yeah. who knows what it could, what could happen. And C.D. Lamb has that potential of being number two, just another big guy, because Michael Gallup kind of shoots the gap a little bit. You'll see him in the middle of the field, um, not taking those streaky routes kind of like Amari Cooper is. But C.D. Lamb is kind of – he has that build kind of like Amari Cooper. He's a big guy. Um, and he may, like, that's where he kind of makes up for, like, the lack of ability. Um, apparently, I read something a little bit about CeeDee Lamb, like, that he may not be the fastest or the strongest, but he makes up with it in, like, just sheer size and ability to just jump up and grab the ball. So I think, I think over Golden Tate, who's playing Pittsburgh, you're probably not going to want. Golden Giants, Tate's also right? Golden Tate is also uh, dealing with a hamstring injury. Is he really? Yeah, no. Golden Tate's not healthy. So I mean, he's questionable. I'm just confused because Cortland Sutton's news earlier today stated that he sat today but was expected to be a limited participant on Saturday's practice, and so I was kind of assuming that he wasn't going to play necessarily guaranteed, but I, I assumed it was like a possibility. And so for them to just drop him to zero with no explanation is kind of curious to me. But yeah. I'm gonna have to take him out. I mean, that's obviously a blow, but I got off to a good start on Thursday, so yeah, I'm hoping that holds up. Yeah, we have another one too, um, where like Miles Sanders is also another guy who's pretty questionable too. And I again, I have Boston Scott too. Like I'm kind of sitting on like a whole bunch of like bench players right now that have people that are going out, and I'm a little sketch on putting any of those guys in because there isn't like official news on it yet so right now i'm kind of ro rolling with marvin jones against the bears defense which i'm not even i'm not a huge fan even though again kenny galladay is out now too he's doubtful for week one as well so i yeah i'm You're debating I'm, I'm waiting for some news here i'm honestly i'm waiting for some news danny's like, striking gold all over the place all of his <laughs> Bench players are now. I mean, David Montgomery. He's got who is deemed healthy ahead of schedule, um, and then yeah. I mean, he Mar he mentioned Marvin Jones, Jerry Judy. Uh, yeah, he's got Boston plenty. Scott. Too. Boston Scott. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> good for Danny. You know what that sounds like? <laughs> sounds like a letdown on week one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny's expecting the world, and he plays the wrong guys. Yeah. Sometimes having That's too many I'm just options. Going with Marvin Jones. Yeah, I, so I know what I'm getting out of. Sometimes, him. yeah. Sometimes, like overthinking it. I mean, who are you playing? You're playing Marvin Jones and Marlon Mack. Marvin Jones and Marlon Mack right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, Marlon Mack. I just like this. I like the matchup, and he's probably going to be the week one starter. 
I think like Jonathan Taylor is eventually going to get phased in probably week seven or eight. I'm hoping when some of the rookies that I have kind of pan out a little bit and David Montgomery's back and healthy and a bigger part of this offense, as a Bears fan, I just want to see it. So I have him as like a reserve right now, and I'm hoping I get like six or seven weeks out of Mac before I can start putting David Montgomery in pretty reliably. Um, that's pretty much that's pretty much what I have on that end. Um, some of the other matchups are pretty interesting as well. Um, like like Kyle, our commissioner, Mr. Kyle Risinger, um, probably had one of the. He got made fun of for the most. He he got made fun of for the worst draft here, and um, Kevin, one of our other buddies, um, who thinks he's just the teacher, the teacher of fantasy, just giving out everyone's grades. Decided that Kyle had the worst team, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna read this team out <laughs> because it's like, it's just where Kyle drafted them seemed like a little out of place, but like looking at his team. It's not a absolute horrible team. You got Deshaun Watson at quarterback, Nick Chubb, Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, and, and Kelvin Ridley. That's his three-headed monster right there with a little bit of Darren Waller, Deontay Johnson in the flex, and then he's got just Ganu Smith, another tight end in his flex, and this is where his lineup starts getting a little slim. Janu Smith. Yeah, Janu Smith. Janu. With, <laughs> with Indiana's defense, and then it doesn't matter who kicker. Um, but sitting on his bench, you got Jalen Ragor, Latavius Murray, Matt Ryan, who's definitely not playing this way, and then Mike Gusecki. He has three tight ends for some reason. He's just stacking them up. Um, so I guess you could see where like the bad draft is. Like Matt, what do you what do you think? I mean, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. I mean, to be honest, I know he started off his draft with Nick Chubb. He's at 10, right? Yeah. And so his second pick was was, pick. was Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill was his second pick, yeah. Those oh, two yeah. Those two were get fair. Get fair. It, it will. Hawk Harrelson, get home, Mazar. Get on your horse, kid. Nope. Slow as hell. Not only does he not hit for Ooh. power, ladies and gentlemen, the wheels ain't there either. The no-hitter's over for Casey Mize, and the wheels are shortly thereafter coming off. Nick Madrigal. The splitter. Hung him. All right, anyway. Uh, Nick Chubb. That's a tough... I mean, drafting 10th overall is not an ideal spot. I don't it's care. What, I, don't care I did what, it last year. I don't care what anybody says. Like, you don't want to be the guy. You did not do it last year. I didn't do it. Wait, no. No, no, I did it the year that I did. I wasn't able to draft with you guys. Yeah, I did do it in the car, and I got auto-drafts. Auto so yeah, you, you didn't even, like... Fucked. But anyway, well, I, but anyway. I drafted, like, the first 10. He drafts Chubb with the 10th pick. I wanted nothing to do with Chubb because I think Hunt can be a factor. And he takes Hill with the second, the 11th pick. That's not a bad pick, but I think he probably took him higher than he should have. I get why he probably took him. I mean, he's a Chiefs wide receiver. Yeah. But, I mean, you've got guys like – I mean, considering you're taking Chubb, I would have taken another running back, I think. I would have taken, like, Chubb. I don't, I don't know who was – Mixon, maybe? Chubb Mixon or – Possibly Mexican uh, Mixon. I just don't like. I don't like the Cincinnati. You say Bengals Mexican? Thing. No, Mixon. Joe Mixon. I don't uh, like the Cincinnati Bengals. I just. I. They just don't have. An he gets. He line. gets the ball a lot. He gets it a lot. <laughs> he, he gets it a lot. But and he also that offense is definitely going to be a little better this year. They have a quarterback now. You'd they think have an at offensive least offensive line though. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, man. Like when you have an 
an offense and you have a guy who's getting the ball as frequently as Joe Mixon gets it, if there's any improvement in that offense, Joe Mixon is just going to be an improved player. He's going to get a ton of touches. You get Chubb and Mixon out the gate, I'd rather have that than Chubb Hill. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because, quite honestly, I think 11 for Hill is a little early. You think so? I, I see, like, he's just a big play guy. You kind of you kind of wish a little more consistency out of him, I guess, because, like, he'll have a 50-point game, 48 points here, and then double back with, like, 10-11 out of your number one guy. Number one receiver is rough, I would say. Um, but, like, what what is Hill matching up against in this one? Like, Juju Smith-Schuster. He put up 15-6. Juju... Has Big Ben back? There might be some effect there. You know, I mean, you like your, you, you like some Big Ben. I mean, I do like I do like the Steelers' offense uh, with Big Ben in it. <laughs> so I think Juju is going to be a f- bigger factor as long as Ben's healthy. Um, but I don't even necessarily think it's based on that matchup. I, I I think it's more where he took Hill in general for the entirety of the season. But yeah, in in terms of this week, I mean, we can't really compare the two now because Hill has already played. He's got fifteen point six points. Probably below where he was projected, I would imagine. It had to be. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad week. He got saved by a touchdown, but what, he had five receptions? So it was a pretty yeah. average day, but then he, he got the touchdown. So it turned out to be a decent day. Um, and that's kind of how Kelsey's day went as well. So um, the touchdown really helped him. It's like, because they ran the ball so effectively. I mean, CEH was so good that they didn't even have to go to the air. The entire second half of the game was a run okay. was a run game, and, and Houston had no answer. Yeah. Hill's going to be a fine pick. He took Chubb in the first round. I don't think anybody wanted Chubb. He obviously, I mean, he got Cooper. His receivers are good. He's got a decent he's got, tight he's got end. Some good, yeah. It's his flexes that are really bad, and his bench has, has no depth. Um, so he's relying a lot on, on Nick Chubb, and that's going to get the job done. Sacks are going to break the shutout, at least three to one. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, as far as this matchup this week, I mean, obviously Hill already Hardy went. Yeah. But Juju's got the Giants. That's a bad defense. Yeah, bad defense. I, I, I can see, I can see the Steelers lighting it up, and if they do, Juju's definitely gonna get some action. Yeah, a hundred percent, especially with Big Ben in there now too. Yeah. Like a year ago, he did have over five thousand yards. Like and before he and got Juju was a top ten receiver. Yeah, it was a beast. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, he might have a top beast. five receiver even. So like. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't hate that matchup. Yeah, and like, what else? Like, what are some big, like, what are some big cards? Like, I, aren't the Bears and like, you know, who I actually want to talk about is a little bit more of that like Packers Vikings game. Kind of yeah. get some people from that. Um, when you see like some Packers and Vikings, I'd like to just do like an unrelated matchup. Do do some like Devontae Adams against some Adam Thielen, which. Doesn't seem doesn't seem like a head to head matchup very much, but That's Adam Thielen. I mean, Adam Thielen now is pretty much like a sole receiver. They got Justin Jefferson now, um, and they're playing they're playing a good they're playing a good secondary in Jair Jair Alexander, I guess. Um, who do you know who their other cornerback is? Uh, Kit. Uh, is his last name King or something like that? Po- yeah, possibly. But besides the point, Adam Thielen is the Packers secondary is is decent. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not. It's kind of like the. It's a pretty comparable secondary, I would say. Yeah. Packers secondary isn't great, but they're they're above average. And the Vikings probably have a similar one. They've got that safety yeah. who's a beast, and I know they have that. The corner. Vikings. The Vikings have a great front seven too. 
Like with, they do. I, I think I think that, I think that'll be a toss up. I mean, yeah. I think that, that that game can go either way. It's gonna be a great game. Yeah, and then also with the Harrison Smith hawking out there too. Um, I like I like the Vikings secondary. I like Devonte Adams though. He's a great receiver. Um, and he's got he's got the big man Aaron Rodgers going there as well. Yeah. I don't know exactly how that's gonna like turn out. Yeah, head, no, to, head to head, but I, like I think, matchup. I think Thielen is going to be a little surprising. I think he's going to come out, and I, I would, I think he might have twenty plus points. Not saying that Devonte Adams isn't going to have twenty plus points. I just think he's it's going to take him a little longer to reach that twenty plus points than Mister Adam Thielen. I think he's going to be a factor, like early in the game, especially with no preseason games and limited practice. I definitely think. That Adam Thielen is going to have a good year. I mean, they lose Stephon Diggs. Um, they don't really have like a dominating tight end present presence. Kyle Rudolph was. I mean, they got. There. I think they, I think he's second on the death chart now. I, I think they've got a different tight end now. Really? I'm not even sure what his. I think he's above him on the waiver wire wow. at least. But regardless, I mean, you got to imagine Thielen's going to get a lot of work. They're going to run the shit out of the ball. Yeah. No doubt about it. Delvin Cook's going to get a ton of of, of I carries. I love I love Delvin Cook this week. Yeah, I, I mean, love what's not, Cook to, what's not to like Delvin Cook any week? I mean, it's like Saquon's going up against Pittsburgh. Is that an ideal matchup? No, yeah. but it's Saquon Barkley. Like. But, but with Delvin Cook, it's like a primetime matchup. How do you beat the Packers? You run the ball down their throats every single time. That's, like if you can do that, and you true. can and you can contain Aaron Rodgers to like a couple three and outs. But if you're the like Packers, you might be able to win. If you're the Packers, though, how do you stop the Vikings? You stop the run. You gotta stop the run. Yeah. So they load the box. They're not that inept at stopping the run, although they seem that way in the mm-hmm. playoffs against the Niners. Yeah, they literally got destroyed by. Yeah, the but the Niners were pretty unstoppable at that point of the season. Every, they were beating everybody um, with that running game, except for the Chiefs. You know, so I mean, uh, they were in the Super Bowl for a reason. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Delvin Cook could definitely have a big game. But if I'm the Packers, I'm I'm prepping for that game by loading the box and starting and stopping Delvin Cook, and I think that can open it up for Thielen a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I That being said, Devontae agree. Adams, I mean, good, he's got a tough tough assignment. The Vikings defense is no joke, but he's going to get his for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100 like with Aaron Rodgers, like you 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 always get something. Like it's always good to have like maybe like later when you're trying to fill in some injuries, like someone like Alan Lazard. Always, always good to have, especially if you have a, an Aaron Rodgers who's coming back with a vengeance too. True. Um, true. And some depth. everyone, everyone was kind of giving him shit. Like, I mean, you're the one that lives in Wisconsin, you know. Well, that's the one positive thing about Cortland Sutton all of a sudden having zero points. So if if he does go to zero points and he's listed as out for the week, I can throw him on the IR and I can go pick somebody up at least. So we're back to Cortland Sutton, huh? Oh. Well, no, I'm just oh, saying. I'm just saying. I'm saying is this this is to your point because if if he gets injured and he goes on the IR, I can go out and pick up an Alan Lazard. Yeah, you could. You know, pick I mean, up that's Alan what I'm. Lazard. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah I can is go he the number? Like, is he number two? Like, Alan Lazard's the guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, based off last year, yeah. Is he someone that like? Oh, Eloy goes yard it? and takes oh, the let's lead. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Woo! ladies and gentlemen. Eloy Jimenez. That's a big a one, ladies and gentlemen. Run, that's baby. That's one. number twelve, I believe. It is number twelve. Number twelve. He was due for one. He was due. And for that's one. just a huge one because they go from three one down. 
and being no hit going into the inning. Three and three, four. Also, a little bit of betting action for you folks. I have the White Sox winning in the over right now. There are seven runs, and it is the bottom of the six. My bet is looking good. We just need a couple more of those going out the door. You can't be hanging. I don't even know what that was. That was a cutter, maybe? It was a cut. Look at a cutter that just he got up in the zone, and it was above the strike zone. Chest high and Eloy can't Bombs be fooled, it. man. I mean, and folks, that's just raw power. You're going to have to get used to the old White Sox break. Look at the pitcher shaking 15 his head. Years, like, Damn. 15 years of the White oh, Sox being terrible. We one. finally get a good season here. You're going to get some White Sox breaks every once in a while during fantasy talk. But here, here's the thing. You know, I look at this fantasy season, and for me, it's just it's one of those things where it's like, when like the the money is whatever it's not even that great and the trophy is cool but for me like if i can win it three times in a row i feel like two times in a row is impressive but three times in a row would be like fuck y'all your boy <laughs> we're running we're renaming the league the Matt Cross Invitational. Man, I think I think you're gonna I think it's gonna catch up to you it's got to catch up to you this man has a black hole of a team every single time you could put up the the one time I played Matt uh, in the in the fantasy season I had my lowest amount of points and he won I believe it was 125 to like 108 an absolute black hole everyone on my team Drew Brees went out hurt Christian Kirk was injured like I ended up getting hit with a whirlwind of shit he put up 125 points and I ended up losing on that one and then we went back to the playoffs Matt had a be- he had a better week. He had 163 or so, and I ended up having about 130, which again was uncharacteristic for my team. And it's just this man has a black hole of a team, you know, and he just puts it down and wins the championship two times in a row. I think it's going to catch up to you this time, though, Matt. Well, we'll see, man. I, think I mean, I, I think that there's I mean there's a little bit of of everything when it comes to fantasy football. I mean that I've gotten fortunate with. I mean, part of it is the draft, right? And then after the draft, you have to have an ability to identify potential breakout players on the waiver wire. And then if you're not able to do that, you can make trades. And I've done it, like, in every t- sort of way. But, yeah, the most fortunate the, – the best thing about it is that you gotta get you got to get lucky. And then I had no one score against me because last year I didn't exactly have a, a – a dominant team up until the playoffs the playoffs up until the playoffs i mean back. i had but whatever i mean like it's not even about last year because that last year is irrelevant at this point but like it's not like i'm just like straight up getting lucky i mean i've definitely made some decent moves you, you made know? some I decent mean, moves you made some ba- you made some bad moves too i made a I yeah i got I, I snagged i snagged a little something something out of you yeah, but it does. At the end of the day, it doesn't it fucking do, it, matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I but, won the league. But like, at the time, man, it was a, it was a crowning achievement of mine because I took Lamar Jackson and Keenan uh, Allen for for Marquise Brown, Marlon Mack, and who did I end up getting? Cortland Sutton, your boy Cortland Sutton. So I gave those three for Keenan Allen, who was pretty average and had like his hot flashes of you know have, have a 40 point game. It was a, um, it was definitely not a great trade on my part for sure. I mean, I, I gave away Lamar Jackson after two really really good weeks, but MVP, I thought I MVP. thought Yeah, I mean, but I thought he was I thought he was playing like out of his shoes and was like 
at his most valuable. So I traded him, and my team was really rough after the draft last year. Um, I just didn't really have a lot of good players, honestly. Yeah. And after a couple of weeks, I kind of identified that, oh, my God, my team kind of sucks. So I had to make a trade. And so I was like, screw it. I mean, Lamar Jackson's my best player. I wasn't using him because I had Carson Wentz. I thought he was kind of, like, hyped up after a couple of weeks. I was wrong. But I, I tried to get a haul back. I mean, Hollywood Brown at the same rate was equally as hyped up. He just ended up being the bust of the two. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Corton Sutton was awesome. And Marlon Mack was player I played every week so I mean in the end it doesn't matter because I think a week later I got Julio Jones for next to nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right yeah so I mean like that was that was probably my worst trade of the last couple years but ultimately I mean I came out on top yeah actually like you know what let's talk more about like last year's trades just a little bit of fantasy drama and a little bit of shit talking that kind of happens in this league I'm gonna grab a beer you keep talking yeah so so a little bit about how this worked out is like so with some of these trades i think the next week matt ended up coming back and trading our commissioner kyle for probably the steal of a century it was julio jones for like david montgomery chris thompson and some other bum and oh my goodness it was the worst it was an absolute fleecing julio jones sat there and scored 20 30 points pretty much every single week as David Montgomery struggled to get 10 along with Chris Thompson being injured like he always is. And then finally, oh yes, he got Jarvis Landry. So that's where he ended up getting a little bit of value there was Jarvis Landry. Um, But ultimately it doesn't matter because Kyle also made it to the chip. But Kyle made it to the chip the first time, had a little off year in the second and came back and won in the or he came back and was in the chip again in the third year that we did this and lost to Matt. Matt has been taken taken down the trophy, and I think it's time that someone breaks it up for him. I think I have a good enough team to break it up, too. Making a couple trades, we'll see during the season. But I was very hyped up on Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry was my first pick. I picked him four overall over Elvin Kamara, over... Oh, thank you, sir. Some good old New Glarus. New Glarus, if you sponsor us, we'll drink your beer more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. And you know what? That trade last year for... Oh, I was talking talking about Derrick Henry on the... uh, Picking up Derrick Henry over Alvin Kamara. Because he was like number seven on ours. And... Derrick Henry? Yeah, Derrick Henry was like ranked number seven behind Michael Thomas, which... No way. Um, Delvin yeah, Cook. Delvin Cook. I took Derrick Henry fourth. I just believe that he is in a Mack truck and no one can stop him. We'll see how that is against Denver. I just don't think it's going to pan out like this. So I think our year. top ten picks were McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke. Me, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Kamara. Uh, God. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. And then I think, I think it was C E H. And then yes. and then it was Um Nick Chubb was ten and nine was Let me let me see. Oh, Delvin Cook was in there. Delvin oh yeah, Delvin Cook I think was six and Michael Thomas was seven. So yeah, I mean I, f- I feel like this 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 first podcast you gotta you gotta bear with us a little bit you know a little bit just a, a little, little unprepared yeah. but you oh know. no Tyler got Michael Thomas 
After and drafted him six. So After yes, Delvin he Cook. got no. No, yeah, before 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 Delvin Cook because AJ took. AJ took Alvin um, Kamara. He took Alvin Kamara after he you took Alvin, and then and then Tyler took Thomas before Cook. Yeah, and Symbol took Cook. Symbol took Cook. Yes, Symbol yes. took Delvin Cook. Which Delvin Cook? Delvin Cook. He I, was probably the happiest man in the world when oh, Tyler took Thomas over before Delvin, Delvin Cook. Cook. He was that like, is wow. a, that is something like I, I I feel like that was not a great move. And the, well, first of all, that was definitely not a great move because Delvin Cook, man, that guy. It, like hopefully he stays healthy. He stayed healthy for most of the year last year. Um, I think there was what one game in the in the playoffs that he wasn't he wasn't available. Um, but Delvin Cook, I think, is going to be a promising running back this year. Um, there's a reason why he was looking at like I think he was looking at number five or number no he was number six. I think Delvin Cook was number six overall on our fantasy big board here. So. What it comes what it comes down to our big board that didn't the, exist. The, yeah, yeah, because Mark couldn't make it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, usually we do an offline draft. Yeah, usually we do an offline draft, and that's how it's always been. We didn't do an offline draft last year. We were all together. We yeah. did an online draft still. Damn, dude. Like, yeah, it's um. But we did an offline draft once. And that the was so much fun too. The authenticity of an so offline fun. draft is definitely oh, an overlooked hyped. tradition. Oh, it's incredible, and like you need our to start... tradition, unlike any other. Yeah, and everyone just gets into it. Everyone just talks shit. Um, it's just a great time. Lay out your old. It's just pod. a lot of fun, man. You get all your buddies. Hold that over there. I'm gonna break. Yeah, this. you get a lot of buddies together, and and you just do the best thing that Good comes pitch. around this year, and that's fantasy football. We get to talk fantasy football all year, all the time. All right, Danny. So you want to talk fantasy football all year, all the time? All the time. Let's talk boy. right now. Right Who now. Who is at the end of the season the top three tight ends in football? Uh, fantasy football. Fantasy football. Okay. So top three. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at like it's it's not like who's gonna be top three. Good it's point. where they're gonna be put. And and obviously the well, big the big two the big two here. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, like they're coming in, they're coming in hot, and it, they usually flip back and forth. But honestly, with the run game opening, I'm uh, like, and it's gonna really spread things out. I think Travis Kelsey is gonna have a better year than George Kittle, but I think George Kittle is probably gonna come in number two, um, definitely. Uh, I I think Jimmy G needs the support of George Kittle, just those little dump off passes. Cause he's an he's an average QB. Like, can we can we say that now after after seeing him try? Like, he's pretty average QB. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it, that's but what who, comes who down comes, to. Who comes in in third? Number three. Looking at it, I wanted like you Who's always number three off the board was Mark Andrews. Like Mark Andrews was number three, and again, you don't like it's kind of nice that Hayden Hurst isn't a, a, a third tight end with. The Titan or not the Titans, the, True. the Ravens, Ravens right now. So Mark Andrews is definitely a candidate. I also think, honestly, I think Tyler Higby, it, it, like could, Tyler Higby was really could good be some year. could be something special. I wanted to play him over Cooper. Cup. And then you also got Zach Ertz too. Like you always you always have Zach Ertz, but Dallas Goddard had a pretty big role last year. Um, took some points away from Zach Ertz. So <sighs> you know I would say. I would say you could probably give it up to to Mark Andrews. 
Um, but like I wouldn't be surprised if like Tyler Higby this year just kind of sneaks it in, especially because you have the same like George Kittle esque, the George Kittle esque explanation with Jimmy G and uh, with Jared Goff and Tyler Higby. Jared Goff can kind of lean on Tyler Higby a little bit. Granted, he has Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, but it gives you that five yard dump off when you need it. And I totally agree. I mean, I, I think that. Uh... I think Kelsey, without a doubt, is number one until proven otherwise because he's in the best offense. I mean, Kittle, you could say, is is maybe – I mean, the commissioner last night was trying to tell us that Kittle was a better tight end than Kelsey. I mean, maybe you can argue that Kittle's a little bit more talented maybe. But Kelsey is practically there, but Kelsey's in a way better offense, and he's way more proven, even though Kittle's pretty damn proven. But, mm-hmm. um, just got a fat, proven extension. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, you know what, um, it's definitely those two at one, two. It's not even close. Yeah. Number three, yeah, you probably got to give it to Andrews because he's also in a really good offense that features the tight end pretty heavily. And, uh, I mean, outside of that, yeah, Zach Ertz is probably the next guy that comes to mind. Um, who who definitely should give him a run for his money. For that reason, maybe you give it to Zach Ertz. Maybe he's the more proven number three overall tight end, but Mark Andrews definitely has more upside, I would say. Yeah, he's a, he's a touchdown scorer for sure. That's, uh, that's definitely something that he is. His, um, with Mark Andrews, you're pretty much like Lamar Jackson, that's his go-to target. He's like, he, when, he's thinking, when he's thinking touchdown, first place he's throwing, first place he's looking, he is always looking at Mark Andrews. Marquise Brown may have a little more of a part with that, but he's a long ball guy. You kind of look into how much of a factor like Mark Ingram is going to be, especially on Baltimore now. Um, And then J.K. Dobbins is coming in, and he may be a little more of a factor as well. So I would say right now Mark Andrews is most likely the, the best target for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm definitely going to take number three, Mark Andrews, this year. And then the sleeper of Tyler Higby coming up. And I wouldn't be surprised if he creeps in there at the top three spots. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that Higby ultimately could be could be a, a sleeper. I mean, I had him actually last year at the end of the season. And, and I feel like, although I don't think I ever played him because it was between him and Cooper Cup, who I also had on my squad, he was definitely someone I always considered. So he's, he finished off strong. He's in, a, he's in a good offense, and I think that they found a little something with the tight end position like I think a lot of teams have done recently. But but with that being said, I, I think we're going to wrap it up here, and I think this is a good place to stop. I think it is. I think it is. We uh, definitely talked your ear off of for a nice couple hours here. Um, we were definitely excited to get this podcast going. We had a lot of things to talk about. Um, next week, we are going to get into a little bit more of the drama. Week one's kicking out. As soon as people start winning and losing, heads are going to be rolling. So I think this is a great place to end it, Matt. I'm Danny Leganger. And I'm Matt Cross. And until next time, uh, you know, set your lineups and get ready for an exciting week one. We can't wait to talk when we've got more content. But until then, good night, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to the League of Kings.